morning, church. Ooh, that was pretty good, considering I caught you off guard. And it's so dark outside, it makes it feel even darker in here this morning. But guess what? We know where the real light comes from, amen? Amen. Stand with me this morning. He is so faithful, he is so good. I'm going to do a call to worship this morning out of Psalm 66. And as I was praying and just meditating on him for this morning, I really just continue to sense that that word power that comes from him and him alone, he wants to move in this morning. He wants to move in the power that only he can bring. And we're just here as vessels ready to be molded by him. We're just the clay and he is the potter. So I'm looking forward to what he has to do this morning in us and through us. So I'm going to read this out loud. It's out of Psalm 66. It says this. It says, make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power. Your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We come before you. We sing praises to your name. You are worthy. Father, you are worthy of all of our praise, our adoration. We turn our hearts, our eyes, our focus to you. And Father, have your way in this place. Minister as you see fit today. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's worship. Church, this morning, the Holy Spirit wants to move with power, and there's not a time in the Old Testament where God moved with power where he didn't first call for repentance of the nation of Israel and call for the pulling down of the high places. So it's interesting, right, as we're singing this song, I love the song, right, and I'm singing, you know, love Jesus so much, and the Holy Spirit just began to talk to me, and he said, what's the king of your heart? Who's the king of your heart? And I answered and said, you are. Jesus is the king of my heart. And I began to hear the lyrics, and there's no condemnation in Christ. And let me just tell you, Jesus, I enthrone him. Sundays are my favorite because it's just the easiest time of the week for me to enthrone him and keep him there and put my eyes on him and keep my eyes there. But as you go into the rest of your week, it's amazing how other things begin to creep up on that throne. Okay? So right when we got to the, let the king of my heart be the wind inside. No, not that one. Hold on. Yeah. Um, let the king of my heart um, be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. 
Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins. Holy Spirit said to me, what is the fire inside your veins? I was like, that's, that's our motivation, right? Fire inside my veins. That's a motivation for living. That's the, that's the drive, right? If Jesus is not our driver, then we've got something else going on. And I'm just telling you, I'll be real honest, man. There are days and seasons when I'm driven by fear. Fear of criticism, fear of, fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough, fear of failure, fear of being unworthy, unlovable. And slowly, fear begins to be the king of my heart. And so then I started, it, might, it could be worry, could be money, reputation, success and accomplishment. Kids, your, your children can become the king of your heart. They're everything. They're why you live and breathe. Uh-uh. It leads us down a path where we miss out on the power of God. And so, I mean, I just started hearing the lyrics in light of that, right? So let's just use money. If money is the king of your heart, then it's the mountain where you run. It's the fountain you drink from. It's the shadow where you hide. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit say, y'all better not sing this song first in the worship set unless you have a real strong call to worship. We're up here and we're pulling everybody. Let's all enthrone Jesus as the king of our heart before we sing this song. It's why it's so important not to just mindlessly sing songs in church because it matters. It matters. If worry or fear or something else is the king of your heart while you're singing that song, think about that. That's why, that's why we come to the communion table and it's a time of reflection where the Holy Spirit asks those questions for a reason. He wants to tear those things down. He wants to safeguard us and he wants to move with power in our midst. So this morning, as we come to the communion table, I just, I'm just gonna pose that question to you this morning. Is Jesus enthroned as the king of your heart this morning? And if he wasn't a minute ago, let's just come to the community table this morning and really enthrone him and talk to him about those other things that vie for our attention, those things that become idols, that become drivers of our thoughts and our behavior and our feelings and our actions and all of those things. Um, as you come forward, the plate is gluten-free. Uh, if you're gluten-free uh, and you can pick up your elements and circle back to your seats and then hold on to your elements this morning and we are going to partake of communion together uh, in a few minutes and we're going to just enthrone Jesus this morning. I was thinking about communion this morning to go along with what Pastor Liz just said. He brought me to the scripture in Luke 
22. And this is Jesus right before he went to the cross. And we're at a moment right before we're going to partake in the cross and what happened there. And it goes like this. It says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then the next verse, I think we don't realize what happens next. It says, Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And here's the beautiful part about all this, is we don't have to try to do it on our own. He brings to our remembrance those things in which we've placed before him and in front of him and enthroned in our heart. He reminds us of those things and he gives us the strength and the ability to tear that down and to put Jesus back in his rightful place. Even Jesus himself, fully man, fully God, needed to be strengthened. So if you're here this morning, I'm pretty sure you need strengthened as well. So Father, we just thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just take another moment. Just really begin to see what is what have you placed as the king of your heart. And almost visibly see yourself with his help taking it down and allowing him to take his rightful seat as not just your Savior, but also your Lord. thank you that we are never alone. You're always with us. We thank you for your help. And Lord, today we crown you Lord of our hearts, King of our heart. And we thank you for what you've done, the price you paid, the path you paved, the grave that you conquered. thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and we had given thanks. He broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us partake
Stand with me. We're going to continue to worship. The altar is open this morning. We're going to do a song. You may, some of you may have heard it before, but it's just called Worthy. For he is worthy, church. So let's just sing this from our hearts. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Amen? Let's worship. Bible reading this morning, if you're following along, is in 1 Samuel. It's talking about when Samuel was a young boy, and the first time he heard the voice of God. Three times it happened, if you know the story. But here's what jumped out this morning. So one of the times it happened, Samuel arose, he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you had called me. And Eli answered, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. And then verse 7 says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And that just stuck out at me. And it popped out, Oh, you know how you do when you read, it just jumps off the pages. And the Lord just asked me, how much more so on this side of the cross that those who do know him and those whose eyes have been opened can hear the voice of the Lord. And I believe the voice of the Lord is available to every single person who has made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. The Bible constantly tells us he's there for us. He's our helper. He's our guide. So this morning I would encourage you. Let's just take this last moment here. Quiet our thoughts. Still our bodies. Just say, Lord, I'm here. Speak to me this morning. feel like we're supposed to do something a little bit different. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on in the spirit up here. There's a lot of distractions that are happening. There's a lot of battling kind of that's going on this morning. Just let you all in, in on it if you didn't sense it already. Um, and what I'm feeling like we need is just a little bit of testimony. Um, so y'all can have a seat. If you're a kid and you want, you're really desperate for your kid corner bag, you can walk quietly around the back of the church and go get your kid corner bag. I'm just going to take some time up here this morning before we, before we just kind of move on. Um, Worship team, y'all can do whatever you want to do, right? I mean, you want to give us some anointing on the keys. The rest of you can sit down if you want, because I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that I'm just sensing. I know you are too. 
It's just kind of like a, and I just, I just keep praying and keep asking the Lord, like, okay, Lord, okay. And so then we came up and I, I just told him, I said, just read your scripture. I just read your scripture. I don't know what scripture ever he's got picked out. But the Lord has been talking to me all morning about sharing some testimony. And it's all about hearing the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting is that it really was focused on this early part of my life when I didn't know him. Like I didn't know Jesus. I was saved because I had a heart that needed rescued and I knew that I needed rescued and I had heard the message I remember right where I was, I was at this concert. I don't know whose concert, but some big Christian person was down there. And I just remember the whole, it's like the whole, my whole surrounding just like shrunk. And there, I mean, I, it was the Holy Spirit, right? And I prayed that prayer of salvation and I was saved in third grade. Um, but I didn't know him. I didn't know the, the heart of the father. I didn't, I didn't know him and I didn't know how to get to know him. Because in my household, um, my earthly father, he was, a, he, was a, he was like the most lovable, gentle guy. And then the next minute, well, it was usually like the next day or at some point, he could be an absolute monster. My dad suffered from severe complex PTSD undiagnosed, untreated, and severe bipolar, undiagnosed, untreated. And so my childhood was a hot mess of just terror, really. Fear doesn't quite cover it. It was terrifying as a little girl um, to be in that environment. Before Jesus came into our home, it was terror. It was terrifying. To if you would talk to my brother, who's a year and a half older than me, he would give testimony because he's just a little bit older. He could feel it. He could feel the darkness. He could feel the lost. He could feel that we were just like these little people out over this abyss, unprotected. And when my parents got saved, I was three and he was four and a half. It was a miracle. And he said he could feel it almost immediately, that suddenly there just was a covering and that things began to change. And what I'll tell you is that things did begin to change in that there were no more drugs and there was no more alcohol in the house. And I wish I could say there was no more violence and there was no more fear, but that's just not the case. Because Jesus paints beauty with time, okay? He's a generational God. And while sometimes things happen miraculously and right away, so often, he begins this process of sanctification because his goal is not just the rescue of one. It's the rescue of hundreds and thousands through one. Does that make sense? So I, I continue to suffer. And, and not only did I suffer, but the suffering got confusing because now I hear about Jesus and God and it's, it's being taught in my house. It's being talked about. My dad had his Bible open all the time, but it didn't stop these outbursts and these flashbacks and these times when he was uh, not in control 
of himself. So that didn't stop. And so to reconcile all of this was nearly impossible. And I, I kind of grew and it got so complicated. Like it, it was so hard to reconcile. One thing I am thankful for is we belonged to a Pentecostal, non-denominational, charismatic, full of grace church. And there was space in that church. Like there was space. I always knew that we were the family that was like, whew. <laughs> you all know who I'm talking about. Every church has those families that are like a hot mess. And no one knows it more than them. Can I just tell you that? No one knows it more than they do. So if you're not friends with them or you don't talk to them because you just don't really know what to say or just because they seem a little messy, they know. They know. Um, but we belong to this church, and so we grew. We all grew in our faith, and there were periods where things would be better. You know, my mom would be, you know, she has, she'd have prayer journals and uh, Bible studies, and there were times that it got real good. Um, but that didn't last because Jesus was on the scene. The enemy just, I mean, he just came after. He saw the generational plan. And he, he kind of perceived like the enemy doesn't know my future. His neck is under my boot in case he wants to know. Um, but the attacks just started amping up. And um, my mom found security. She began to find confidence um, apart from God. Um, she, she started rising up out of abuse. Um, out of years of abuse and began to realize I'm, I'm really a smart person. And she didn't, she legit did not know that. So she began to prosper by going back to school and becoming a nurse and then a nurse expert and then a nurse expert expert. And I mean, she just is. So she began to find friendship and confidence outside of God and outside the church and outside of our home. And um, gosh, I began to find comfort not in God because I didn't understand him to be loving and kind. I didn't know the love of God. I was saved, but I didn't know the love of God. I didn't know the safety of God. And so the first time I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me was I was 14 years old and I had gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit at a huge, again, this big impersonal thing. So this is, this is important, right? This is interesting. It was a huge conference, and it was this call to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. And if there was one thing I always had in me, it was this hope. It was hope verging on faith, right? Hope in God that there was something better. I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer now, and I was a dreamer then. And what God knew is that he created me to be a dreamer. And so that's how he entered in. That's how God got me, is he began to come in, and my reality was a nightmare still. I couldn't make sense of it. Um, I'm a highly sensitive person, meaning I have a highly sensitive personality, meaning that things hurt me. They hurt me. I can't watch violent movies. You know, when things went haywire in 2020, I would cry for days over George Floyd because I could see the crumbling of a society and of a care and a love for one another among races that was being attacked. And it, it like takes my legs out from under me. So I'm, I'm in this environment and I'm ill-equipped to survive it. And um, 
So, but I have, he came at me and he got me through hope and through dreams, not, well, not sleeping dreams, awake dreams. And um, I began to dream, the first thing I began to dream of was a marriage. And I don't, I mean, it's only from heaven, right? Because I didn't, I didn't see it. Um, I began to dream of a marriage where I was loved and safe and where I would pour myself out, all of me, for this safe, loving relationship. And then I began to dream of children. I began to dream of a home. So I go to this big rally or something. Um, I'm so thankful for my parents. What a train wreck our life was. They were in it. They were in it with us. They were in it. And they were fighting. I know what it's like to fight battles that my kids don't know anything about. <laughs> Do I ever. I, I fight things that they knew nothing of. And I know that my parents were fighting things that I don't even know about. And because they fought, because they clung to God as best they could, and he never let them go, that I'm here. So we're at this big rally, and they do the call. Early, could you get me a tissue so I'm not sniffling so much? Um, they do this call, and I, being a dreamer and a jumper, I jump into things. That's how we got eight kids, I think. Um, it's like, yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah, let's lead the church. This will be fun. That's what I always say. So um, I jump in, and I just trust and believe God. I begin speaking in tongues. And that's awesome. But I still don't know him, okay? So this, I'm telling you, this is possible. And it's interesting to me that I got saved in this massive, Im, like, impersonal kind of very private in a large group thing. And then I was baptized with the Holy Spirit the same way. Just a huge thing. Nobody knew what I was doing but God. It's always just kind of been me and him because he had to come at me that way. Because I don't trust. Don't trust. Didn't trust people. So that happened. And then I'm just living my life and I'm trying to survive. And when I'm 14 or 15, I learned that drinking and drugs make it so that you don't have to think about things. You actually can just, you can just do that. You're not afraid. That was a bad lesson. You should be afraid. <laughs> if you start drinking and you start doing drugs, you should be afraid because it's not going to work and it's not going to take you where you need to go. So all that, there's not a whole lot of detail there that you can't fill in. Um, so there I am just trying to survive my life. I'm working at Perkins. And back then you had to wear a uniform. <laughs> I actually love that uniform. Um, and I was a great worker. I am a great worker. When I do something, I do it like a thousand percent or I don't even show up. Like I don't even get out of bed or I'm going like a thousand percent. That's generally how I go. Um, and I was working hard because I was earning money. I'm going to get a car and I'm going to be free of people. I'm going to be free of my family. And um, my brother came to pick me up from work in my dad's Ford Bronco. It was green and white. And I was probably like know, 100 pounds, this teeny little thing. I got in the back seat. And back then, no one wore seatbelts. Okay, you guys know this. Whatever generation said, I mean, I, me and my brother didn't even have car seats. We just crawled around the car and sat on the floor. There was none of that. So as a teenager, we didn't wear seatbelts. 
um, it was when my mom became an ICU nurse that, that the law went down. We, I mean, we had to wear seatbelts, but only in the front seat. So I'm in the back seat. No one has seatbelts on. And we turned onto this road. And as we turned onto this road, I heard, not with my ears, but I heard on the inside of me, slide over and put your seatbelt on. And I mean, I just knew that that was a voice telling me what to do. And I just did it, which was unusual. I mean, to just be obedient without questioning at that time. And I slid over and I put my seatbelt on. And about a minute and a half later, my brother being a teenage boy, he was like trying to get air on this one part of road and it was wet. And we went tumbling, rolling over and over and over and over down into the woods, into an embankment off the side of a river. And I'm waiting to hear the water. And we're going over and over and I just keep hitting the ceiling. And we come to rest on the side and um, none of us were hurt. None of us were hurt. My dad's truck was totaled. And when we saw it afterwards, I knew that I would be dead had I not had my seatbelt on. That was the first time I heard his voice. Uh, the second time I heard his voice, and I'm, I'm, just giving, I'm just giving testimony here to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the work he wants to do in your life, okay? He wants, it's more than just coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus. He wants sanctification and to remove you from where you're at to where he has for you for the saving, for the glory, for bringing into the kingdom hundreds and thousands. The second time I heard him so clearly, I was at a party. Um, this, isn't a, this isn't a happy story. I mean, it's not a good story. Um, you can all take comfort. Pastor Jason doesn't have any of these types of stories. Such a good boy. Um, I was at a party and I, this, was, this was what we did. And I had my group of friends and I show up at this party and I, I walk in and out of the corner of my eye, I see people in the living room and they're gathered around a coffee table with rolled up dollar bills and they're partaking of a particular substance that I had not ever done that before. And my, it was like my mentor, my party mentor. She was very loving. She was very nurturing. She was a sweet friend. She taught me everything I knew about oblivion. Um, little step-by-step, step. lots of, it's crazy. She was always so sweet. Um, she was just like, you know, do you want to? We, you know, you've not ever done that. You want to? And I heard the Holy Spirit inside say to me, if you go near to that thing, it will have you. And I, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm cool. I'm good. And that was the end of it. That was the second time that I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me. Um, and I began to, so when I came up out of that, out of that lifestyle, so there's my testimony, right? Like I, there's all of this. He's, he was with me. The Holy Spirit was with me and it wasn't because of me. It's because I had a heart that needed rescued because I was wounded, so deeply wounded that without him, I would surely, surely have died. Surely have died. And so God chooses, he chooses those that are weak. And he begins this plan and this process through the power of the Holy Spirit of sanctification, not just, and this is where he gets like, he gets so excited. And this is where he shines. Like this is his plan, not just for that one, and I just keep saying, but for the hundreds and for the thousands. I don't know what my kids are going to do, but it makes me excited. 
Is there a Catherine Coleman there? Is there a Billy Graham there? God, let him be so much more than me. Let him be so much more than me. No pressure. Um, so y'all already know, I came to know the love of God through a man named Jason Ackerman. And this man is so much like Jesus. And he grew up in a home that just modeled love, the love of God. And so when I dumped him on a Tuesday and then called him on a Sunday and sat on the bench and apologized for dumping him on Tuesday, um, and he said, don't worry about it. I know it's hard to, to leave something old to go for something new. I get it. Let's go get some hot dogs. There was no punishment. There was no anger. There was no manipulation. There was no guilt. There was no, you're going to pay for this later. And I just knew kind of right then and there, this guy, this guy's the guy. And so we, we, we got married and we turned wholeheartedly to the Lord. I began reading the word and I began to know him. Okay. I began to know him. And then that special thing that the Holy Spirit had for me, he had plans for me. Um, he began to teach me. I am a woman who's been taught of the Lord. I don't have a library shelf full of hundreds of books that I've read. Or um, I can tell you with great, with great, giving great glory to God, I've read through this book from cover to cover exactly one time. And I'm so happy that I can say that because it was a huge accomplishment for me. It was a huge accomplishment for me. Um, and I did it in the midst of having a lot of kids, having a lot of babies. God taught me everything. The Holy Spirit taught me everything while I was having those kids and raising those kids. And it was me and him. It was me and the Lord. And he taught me everything in those times and sitting under the teaching of Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim was my pastor, is my pastor, and was the right man. God placed me under the safest most like Jesus man I had ever met. And he placed me under another authority because authority, in case you wouldn't have guessed, and it's very, very natural that authority would have been a major issue for me, the safest husband and then the most steady leadership. Okay. The most steady, steadfast, safe, you can count on it, leadership to grow and to, to learn. And then the Holy Spirit began to teach me. So... This is, what I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna tell you. He taught me. He taught me to know his voice. Church, I want you to know his voice. I want you to be able to hear his voice. If he's not talking to you, if you're not talking to him, you're missing something. You're just doing your best. It's like a flopping fish. You're floundering. When you, when you, when you partner with him, this is the only way. And it's not out of striving. You do not hear his voice out of striving, Okay. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, I remember Smith Wigglesworth's um, testimony. He, there's tarrying. Man, he waited. He's like, I'm not leaving till I get it. But you don't walk out and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through striving. He began to teach me in my everyday. He began to teach me what it was to hear his voice and to discern his voice from my voice. And um, there's, there's so many ways he taught me, but here are the ones that stick out, right? So I have three little girls and Lila, our house down in Hermitage, um, I would always change her upstairs and then I would tidy up the upstairs before we would go down. And I'd always take that diaper and I'd always throw it down the steps. 
Just, just like a staircase. I'd always throw it down the steps and it would plop at the bottom of the stairs. And then when I went downstairs, I'd pick it up. And so the one morning, I changed her diaper and it's probably, maybe it was particularly wet, I don't know. And I stand there and I go like this and he goes, don't throw it. And I, out loud, okay, I didn't hear it out loud. He, he said in, in me, don't throw it. Out loud, I go, eh, it'll be fine. And I throw it. And that diaper exploded on the floor, on the slate floor. I exploded. And it was just wet, thank the Lord. But this, you know, the gel diaper stuff, ev- just everywhere. And um, so that happened. And then I was pregnant and there were these three chocolate chip cookies and they're just sitting there in a container and I went for them and the Lord said, the Holy Spirit said to me, share them. And I said, out loud, it's funny. He whispers to me and I always answer out loud. (laughs) And I said, I don't want to. And I ate all three cookies and I proceeded to be sick all afternoon. I mean, I had the monster of a tummy ache. Another example, I'm giving you these examples because I want you to hear how good he is and how he will teach you. If you don't hear his voice, he will teach you to hear his voice. Um, I think I was making grilled cheese sandwiches, again, pregnant. And he said, have half. And I said, I don't want to. And I ate the whole thing and I had a monster tummy ache for the afternoon. Um, I was cleaning the bathroom with a Clorox wipe. And I went over to the toilet and I threw it in. And the Holy Spirit said, are you supposed to flush those? And I said, eh, it'll be okay. And I flushed it and the toilet overflowed. And my husband had to come home from work, figure out how to clean it up. And so I learned something. Okay, guys, I learned something. I learned that when I say, eh, it'll be all right. And I don't want to. I immediately stop and go, okay, I heard you, got it. They became two red flags for me that the Holy Spirit was prompting me and I was about to disobey. I was about to disregard him. Um, So here's the beautiful thing. He never disregarded me. He just was waiting. He was waiting for me to grow. He was waiting for me to get it. There, that was like my kindergarten education on how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then, um, this was all in a matter of like a year's time. So if you haven't started this with God, if you haven't started hearing him, ask him to be your teacher. Ask him, the Holy Spirit, the promised helper. God doesn't make promises and then not, not uh, follow through. The Holy Spirit is in you. You have all the knowledge and wisdom of heaven. It's yours. You have all the peace of God. You want to you wanna test? I, this is what I feel, church. I'm just giving you testimonies. Are you okay with this? Do I have your, uh, I have your, uh, your, what is it called? You know, whatever. I have your okay. I'm looking for a better word than okay. Uh, it's a sanctioned testimonial event. Um. A more recent, a more recent testimony is this past Tuesday. I had uh, somewhere to go, and I needed the Lord to help me. I needed peace, and I couldn't get there. 
I needed peace. I knew Monday night that I was going to need peace. So I woke up earlier. I made sure I got to the office. I fasted breakfast. I went in my office. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. I'm going to read the word. God, I need peace. So it's like, I'm going to do all the right things. And then God, you're going to give me peace. And guess what? I didn't get peace. I didn't get peace, guys. I couldn't get over the anxiety that I had or the, I just didn't know, couldn't figure out, dot, dot, dot. And there's a time on it. Like I had to be somewhere where I needed the peace for, I needed the way. I needed to have a sense of control or like in a good way, like a sense of this is how this is going to go. And I couldn't get it. So I got in the car. I didn't feel like I could cancel. (laughs) my meeting. So I get in the car and I start driving. And so then I start talking out loud. You want to up your power, start praying out loud, start speaking the word out loud. And I'm just preaching to myself. I struggle with this. I do a lot in my head out loud. If I wrote a book ever, I think it might be called out loud, out loud. So the devil can hear you out loud. So I start praying out loud, like God, I need this. I need this. But then I just began praying in the spirit. Now I had been praying in the spirit in my office, but I began praying in the spirit. And as I, as I began praying the spirit within 15 seconds, I began to hear lyrics to a song in my head. And I was like, okay, what song is that? And I'm driving and Spotifying at the same time. And I get the song on and I continue to pray in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to me, If you're praying in the spirit, you're in the spirit. And in the spirit, there is love, joy, peace. Stand up. Stand up. You're in the spirit. The peace is yours. And I am on this journey over this past year of you're not going to feel it till you believe it. And so many people, we want to, If we could just feel it, we could believe it. If we could just feel loved, we would believe that we are loved. If we could just feel like we're enough, we would believe that we are enough. If we could just feel powerful, then we would be powerful. And it's the complete opposite, church. It's the complete opposite. And so on Tuesday, he just said, stand up. And I knew. It was like, God, I thank you that I have peace in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you are with me, that you are for me, that I am safe in you, that I may not have total control, but you have total control, and I thank you for peace. That's all I said, and I began to continue to pray in the Spirit. I continue to pray in tongues. And, you know, when you pray in the Spirit, you're not, it's not mindless praying, okay? It's not mindless. At least it's never mindless for me. I'm always praying into something. I had a headache one Sunday during worship, which is odd. I'm not a person who gets a lot of headaches. And this headache hurt. And so I just began praying in the spirit with ferocity. And I was praying into that headache. And I mean, I was literally pushing it out. Get out of my way. I got work to do. I got a king to worship. And that headache went right away. Sometimes it comes back after church or sometimes when I'm struggling with something, and you can attest to this, we come to church, whether it's physical or anything, Um, we come to church and we can, because we get in the spirit. And on Tuesday, I came home and I said to Jason, Jason, this was amazing. I felt myself, not physically, although I felt it a little bit in the physical room. I felt myself rise up and get 
into the spirit. Like I felt myself come up and actually like click in, like, and there it was, man, I had peace. I wasn't worried anymore. I wasn't upset. I didn't, I didn't, the, I don't know. I didn't, nothing changed on the outside of where I was going or what I, he didn't give me a, a, a script. He didn't like, although sometimes he will give me an idea that when I'm asking for one and he'll give me a great idea that solves my problem more completely than any idea I could have come up with. But I said to him, I actually felt myself rise up and click into the spirit. And it was like going from a, you know, 1979 Pinto to a race car. Like I had, the, I had peace, like without measure. I wasn't, all the fear or the anxiety that I had just melted away and he was with me. So church, gosh, there was a lot. Um, the Holy Spirit is a real person, the person of the Holy Spirit. The pronoun is he, because Jesus said the pronoun is he, he will come. He will be your helper. He will keep you safe. Church, he will keep your children safe. Um, I remember when Anna and Grace were little, I was sitting in the grass. No, Grace was in my tummy and Anna was little. And I was, I was frantic on the inside about how am I going to do this? How am I going to keep these kids safe? Okay, so now y'all know I grew up in fear. Fear was tangible in our home. We fed on it. Um, or it was fed to us, and then we self-fed on it. So then you have kids, and it like magnifies. How do I keep these kids safe? And the Holy Spirit began to show me, there's only one way, Liz, and it was abandon them to my care and teach them to hear my voice. So that is, if I wrote a book on parenting, it'd be one page long, and that's what it would say. But you can't teach your kids to hear the Holy Spirit and to hear, and to hear his voice and then respond to it. Um, and that's the whole of our job, is to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and respond. To trust and obey. That's it. To trust and obey. In obedience, we worship. In obedience, we read the word. But if we trust him, that, that he is real and he is for us, and that if we ask him, he'll talk with us, he'll lead us, he'll guide us, he'll give us ideas. Um... He'll lead us in the way to go. He'll tell us what to say and what not to say. As we submit ourselves to him, he will keep us safe. He has kept my children safe. One time we were driving up to, I'm just going to keep going until the Holy Spirit tells me to stop. Um, we were driving up to Penn State for a Penn State recruiting trip. He was the lead Penn State recruiter from GE, which was really cool because they would pay for us to go up to Penn State and host like a massive tailgate and pay for us to go to a football game. It was fantastic. And we were taking the kids. Wait, maybe I was pregnant with Grace. No, Grace was like a month old, little screamer. She didn't stop crying for like three months. And Anna was like a year and a half. And I had cleaned the car that day and Jason came home from work. And I said to him, the car seats aren't, uh, or Anna's car seat isn't buckled into the car. You need to do that because it's hard to do. Okay, 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 okay. And so we get in the car and we strap all the kids in and we're driving there and the Holy Spirit prompts you. Like he just had this sense of be careful. And the whole time we're driving, I have a sense that there's something wrong. Like I have a sense of like almost like danger. 
but it wasn't outside of peace. It just was like this heightened. There's something, there's something wrong. And so I just began praying. And that's what I just began praying into that. Like, God, I just pray peace. I pray protection. I pray you. I pray Jesus. Whatever this is, I don't even need to know unless you want to tell me, but I just pray. And we get to the hotel. It's late at night. I take Gracie up. He comes up. And the next morning, he doesn't tell me that night because he's wise and good husband. The next morning, he said to me, he goes, honey, he's like, I got to tell you something. He's like, I don't listen to you when you talk to me sometimes. He said, and I know that I do it, and I just think, eh, 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 whatever, I got it. She's got lots of words. He's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. He's like, I'm going to listen to you when you talk because I didn't fasten her car seat into the car. So Anna was fastened into a car seat, but the car seat wasn't fastened into the car, and you had to hit the brakes because of a deer, but you were driving extra careful, and you saw the deer on the way up to Penn State. But our, our child was not in a safe place, and the danger I sensed is don't think that the enemy isn't prowling around looking for opportunity, you know, to steal, kill, and destroy because he is, but the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit prompted me on the inside that there's something off, there's something off, there's something off. I just began to pray and pray and cover and cover, and my child was safe, and we didn't hit the deer, and my husband was taught of the Lord, the importance of hearing and paying attention. Um, the Holy Spirit is for us, and in the days that are coming, church, whether, I mean, in the days that I've already lived, he has shown himself to be my protector through his voice. In the days that are coming, even more so. And it's for our children as well. Um, train up your child in the way that they should go. This is the way, is to teach them that God will lead them. In our house, it's um, lost library books you know, we're lost treasures when they can't find something. I will hold hands with them and I will pray. And I tell them with certainty, God will hear your prayer. God will answer your prayer. That stuffed animal that you are shedding tears over that you can't find, that matters to God. He cares about you. We are going to pray and we are going to ask the Holy Spirit to make that lost thing found. He sees it right now. He knows exactly where it is. And so long as it's not accidentally in a garbage dump somewhere, he is going to bring that lost thing. He's going to make it found. And I say it to them with all the certainty of heaven. I tell them that we're going to cast this care upon Jesus because he cares for us. He loves us. I just preach them a little mini gospel message. And on the inside, I'm standing up and I'm like, Lord Jesus. Please don't let the stuffed animal be in the garbage dump. Please come through Jesus. And he has ne he's always come through, every single time. And I've taught my children, you ask, this is it, church. If you, don't, if you don't talk to God like this, if you're not asking him questions about your future, where you should go, what you should do, if you should get a dog, you want to get a third one? No. Um, 
where your kids should go to college, where you should invest your money, if you should make that investment, should you take on that tenant, should you kick out that tenant, if you're not asking God these questions and expecting an answer, expecting a response, you are missing out on the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you're not walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will talk to you. He will guide you in all of your ways. Um, uh, we had a storage unit. I think I've told this story, but we had a storage unit once and I only had an hour and that sucker was a mess. And I remember standing there going out loud and I must've been, I must've heard some really good faith teaching on the Sunday, right? Cause it was just all up in me. And I just stood there out loud. I said, God, I thank you that I have all the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I don't know where to start. I only have an hour, but I know I got to clean this mess up and it is overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. I just want to shut the door, cry and go away. I was like, but you will lead me in all wisdom. I'm going to begin to move my hands and you guide me. And I just, no fear, no worry. I just began in Jesus name, amen. And I just began to work. And I am telling you in an hour, it was shocking what my hands had accomplished. Shocking. There have been medical things in our family that have happened that I have prayed and they said, Holy Spirit, you are, you have all wisdom and knowledge and it is all in me. Father, I will take this child to the emergency room right now if you tell me to. But God, I would like to take care of this here. You tell me what to do and I will do it with no fear. Wasn't afraid. And over and over and over, God would tell me what to do. One of them was particularly what? Particularly Jairus's leg. It was dicey. I told him, I was like, this is a serious thing. Um, and the Lord told me exactly what to do. He had like a red line coming up from an infected cut and it was traveling like under his skin. Like that's, that's legit. That's like an infection going up the bloodstream. You, it can't get to the heart. Mark it with a Sharpie marker, elevate his leg, moist heat, put on movies all day long. Oh, and some essential oils I put on there too. (laughs) But, um, and I took a picture of it and within like five or six hours, the line began to recede and I knew it was serious, but I said, God, I'll take him. But you tell me, this is a life. It's an extraordinary life led by the Holy Spirit, an extraordinary life led by the Holy Spirit that he started in my, in my mess and he rescued me church. I don't always say the right thing. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not always up here, super polished. Now, you know why? Because I'm just. I'm like, I'm like God's project. He loves me because he saw me in the mess where I started. And he knew the trajectory of my life. And he glories in rescuing those who without him would be, would be dead. So life in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit... It will preserve your life. He will preserve your life. It's not an it. He will preserve your life. He is the gift that was given. He is the one that Jesus said, I've got to go away because the helper needs to come. Because I often think, you know, this life would be a lot easier. I'd get out of the boat and walk on the water if Jesus was right there. Come on. I mean, it's Jesus. He's standing on the water. Have you ever read the Bible like that? I'm like, gosh, what is wrong with these Israelites? They complain like crazy. What is their problem? And it's always a short while later that I am just one of them, you know, complaining for meat and then complaining of too much meat. And then the Lord just 
taps me on the shoulder often and is like, mm, you see that? Um, so church, the power of the Holy Spirit, it's for real. It's for you. It's for every day. It's for your children. It will lead you out of fear. The Holy Spirit does not operate um, in parallel with fear. Ah, so this is super important. Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't use fear as a motivator. If you think you're hearing the Holy Spirit and it's like, don't go there, and you begin to see visions of your whole family getting food poisoning at this picnic that you're headed to, not the Holy Spirit. He will not put visions of destruction in your head to get you to obey. And this is why it's so essential that we teach our children to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey. This is why, families, it's important that your children obey you. Be loving, be gentle, be firm, be kind, but be firm. Obedience isn't optional because when you grow up, obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit is for real, okay? It's for real, and he doesn't tell you why. This was a lesson I learned in that same time when I was the throwing the diaper and the cookies and the grilled cheese and the, and the Clorox wipe. It was in that same time he was teaching me this, and he taught me all these things. I'm sharing all these things because he wants to grow you up in this because he's got a future for you guys. He's got mission and assignment. I wouldn't be here if I had disregarded those lessons. I wouldn't be here if I wasn't willing to hijack the service in the name of the Holy Spirit to speak that which the Holy Spirit is telling me to speak. And I wouldn't have spoken it if you wouldn't have read the scripture about Samuel hearing the voice of God and not knowing it. Because church, is important that you know it. It's important that you understand that it's there, it's available, that it's imperative for your walk to get to victory. We can shout all day about victory. We can quote the scriptures and we can, but if we don't partner with the helper that was sent to us, how far are we really going to get if we don't trust in him, if we don't seek after this, if we don't seek after this? If you've never spoken in tongues, if you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, then seek after it. God's not afraid of your, of your doubt, of your questions, of your like, ooh, that's a little... Ooh, what is that? It's for you, and it's awesome. It's power. That's what it is. It's just power. Uh, but as we kind of close this out, as we close this service out, if you're going to press into God, and I pray that you do to hear his voice and to begin to begin to talk to him and ask him to show you things, ask him where the lost thing is. My wedding ring was lost for two years two years, but I wouldn't give up and I wouldn't fret and I wouldn't fear and I wouldn't imagine the worst. I just let it go. And every once in a while, I'd get like a feeling like, hmm, maybe it's here. And I would go and look and it wouldn't be there. I'd be like, okay, God, I thank you and praise you that you've got it. This is important to me, God. I, I thank you that you got it. I found it two years later, right pretty much almost exactly where it was supposed to be. And it was just hiding. But um, you need to know that God doesn't use fear. Uh, we were driving to a Mexican restaurant and I just had this sense of, don't go. You shouldn't be going. And this was my learning test. This is my learning thing. And I began to imagine all of us like getting food poisoning, like I said. But we went anyway. I didn't say anything. We just went anyway and everything was fine. I was like, Lord, what was that? And he said, that was fear. That was fear trying to play with you and trying to keep you from doing something. And so what I learned as we go from this place and you begin to test this out, hey, and if you're a kid and you're hearing me, then this is for you too. My kids hear from the Holy Spirit. 
My kids, my 14-year-old was babysitting and we came home and there was a massive storm. And I was like, were you guys okay? She's like, yeah, the Lord told me it was coming. I came upstairs and the Lord was like, you know, go outside and lay down all the pool furniture. She's like, so I ran out and did it and I, he, I, I knew it was coming. And I was just like, so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We don't leave our house on conferences and with our kids in any fear whatsoever. We enthrone God as the babysitter, the Holy Spirit, and we bless our girls to have ears to hear and eyes to see. And we fear not, legit fear not. I don't worry a lick when I'm gone. Um, when God speaks, when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's short, church. It's short when it's an instruction. If it's a vision, it can be longer, like you can see and he's talking to you. When it's a um, when he gives you insight into the word, that's awesome. And he'll just be speaking to you and asking you questions about the word. But when it's an instruction, it's short. Share that. Don't throw that. He didn't say don't throw that. It's going to splat all over the floor. He expects my trust, my obedience. He expects me to grow up, to recognize his voice, to trust in his direction, and to obey. So church... There it is. There is the message on the following the voice of the Holy Spirit. And honestly, that was just like the kindergarten message. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. There's so much more testimony. I just felt so much that the eh, that was going on up here. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. He's got to receive all the glory, like all the glory. That's why I shared about where I started. Because in my home, there's no trauma. There's no violence. There's no fear. Our kitty cat once got hit by a car out in front of our house. And you know what? I mean, we came to church that Sunday. I was pregnant with Maggie, and I was so upset, man, because I was believing for its healing. I was praying scriptures over it. And we had to put her down because, well, because her spinal cord was broken. And... um. After church that Sunday, we went home and we sent the kids in the house. We're like, you got to go, go in the house, start lunch. Mom and dad have things to do. And he knew exactly. I was like, apparently the devil was confused. He's confused because he thought he could have access to the road in front of our house. We need to take a walk. And he's like, mm-hmm. So we go out in the middle of the road. Before we bought our house on closing day, we went to our house and he did the outside and I did the inside. We walked every room, every corner. We walked around the swimming pool. It is covered. This pool will be a blessing. No one will ever drown in this pool in the name of Jesus. This pool was given to me because God loves me. It was a desire of my heart from forever. And here it is, bigger, better, heated, better than I could have asked for. This, this pool will be a blessing. This home will be a blessing. We will thrive here. We will have more than enough here. We did battle. We did it with praying in tongues. We also did it with, out loud with words of understanding. We did it because the Holy Spirit told us to do it. We did it because it's not just a good idea that Jason and Liz had. So when the kitty cat got hit by a car, man, I was mad. I was mad. And so that day we went out and we walked out into the road and we paced up and down. I was like, what are the neighbors going to think? We paced up and down and we said, in the name of Jesus, this area is ours in Jesus' name. All of heaven and all of hell and everyone in between can bear witness to the fact that this is an area of blessing. This is the blessing of the Ackermans. And as far as my eyes can see up the road that way and that way, and every neighbor that's around us will be blessed in Jesus' name and protected. 
And in that way, we conquer fear. So when my babies are running around the pool and my mom is visiting, I love my mom. Oh, Liz, what if she falls in? It's like, well, if she falls in, you know, I'll jump in and get her. She, you know, she'll get a mouthful and a lesson, but she's not going to die. I, I got freed from being a helicopter and worried that some bad thing was always going to happen to my child because I stood up because the Holy Spirit taught me to and told me, this is, this is how you do it. Fear will open the door to harm. Fretting only leads to harm. Stand up in the Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit, hearing his voice, recognizing it, trusting it, obeying it, speaking in tongues with power. Well, you didn't know what I was preaching on. <clears throat> I didn't, was planning on I didn't preaching know, on today, I don't know what you were But that was basically the message, believe it or not. So, of course, you guys all do believe it because that's how the Holy Spirit works. What I'd like you to do uh, as we close, we'll just give a couple announcements at the end. I'd like you all to stand up. And, Paul, if you want to pull up the Scripture in 1 Timothy... I want to read this scripture. I'm going to talk about it just for a minute. And then we're going to read the next scripture together. So 2 Timothy 1, it says, Therefore I remind you, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Stir it up. This morning I want us to just take a moment and I don't mean stir it up like, you know, to try to get wild or crazy or jump around. I'm talking about the immersion blender version of stir it up. Anybody know what an immersion blender is? Right, you can stir something with a spoon. You can stir something with a whisk. Or you can stick in that immersion blender, which is battery powered, and begins, it has a lot of power, doesn't it? And it begins to froth up, and it begins to overflow, and it begins to stir up. So this is what the Lord is telling us this morning, to stir up the gift of God which is in us. If you know Jesus and you made him your Lord, that gift resides on the inside of you. And what, what they're saying here is, is this was already given through the laying on of hands, which means if you have prayed and you believed and you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, stir it up, church. Stir it up. Begin to use your prayer language. Begin to use it. Start, think of the immersion blender, Manny. Put it in there, turn that thing on, and just feel God stirring and moving. Now go to that next verse. Verse 7. And we're going to say this together in a minute. We're going to change us to me. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity or worry or care. He hasn't given that to us. That is not from him. But what he has given us, what has he given us? He's given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit moves in every area of our life. Every single area of our life. And if you look at the next three words of power, of love, and of a sound mind. What that says to me is that the Holy Spirit works in my spiritual man. He works in my soul. And he works in my body. 
And how many of you know the great teaching from Pastor Jim from before was he would always tell us, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Well, what this is telling me, that if God has given us a spirit, it is a spirit of power, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which ministers to our spirit man. He's given us a power of love, this love, which is the gifts of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience for our soul. But he's also given us that spirit that lives on the inside of us, that brings health to our mortal bodies, which is our minds and our bodies. That Holy Spirit infiltrates every area of our life. So I want to say this verse together as a church family. I want us to say it like we believe it. We're going to read it together, but instead of saying us, I want you to say me. I want you to say me this morning. And when we say it together on the count of three, I want you to say, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So let's say that together, church. One, two, three. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, we just thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the testimony that Pastor Liz shared, that it was the word that you had for us this morning. It was showing of your power, of your love, of your goodness to protect, to heal, to lead, to guide, to correct, to teach. And Father, I pray that we would stir up that gift this morning, that we would stir it up with an, like an immersion blender on the inside, that we would stir up the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And Lord, I pray that those who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Lord, I pray that we would begin to use that day in and day out, that we would use the gift that you have given us to fight the battles. For when we don't know what to pray, when we pray and speak, in the spiritual language you've given us, we are praying exactly your heart. We are praying exactly your words. So Father, I pray that every situation that we're faced with this week, that we would turn towards you and the power that is on the inside of us through that baptism, that we would stir up the speaking of tongues. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you will lead us and guide us this week and that we can hear your voice. We love you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. Well, sit, just have a seat just for one second. I just want to uh, close with just a few announcements that we have this week, uh, some important things, and I'm going to, uh, Chad, you want to bring the offering buckets up, and I'm just going to pray a quick prayer over the offering buckets before we dismiss. So a couple announcements that we have this week is this Wednesday night, church, this Wednesday night is our worship and prayer night. Starts at 6.30, goes to about 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. I just encourage you, Paul, you want to pull that, uh, that announcement up if it's working. If not, that's okay. But this Wednesday night, 6.30, it's the first Wednesday of the month. I encourage you to come out and pray with us. 
pray, you know, as a, as a church, we come together, we pray in the Spirit, the worship team just leads, and we just go as ever the Holy Spirit leads us to. And then on Thursday, this coming Thursday, is actually the National Day of Prayer. So we are, what we're going to do this Thursday is we're going to open up the Rose Center, which is that white uh, farmhouse right up there. Uh, and it's going to be open from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. There's going to be some music playing. You can come and go as you please. There will be, uh, there will be one, at least one or two staff members there. We're just going to be praying and worshiping God and praying for our country. How many know our country needs some prayer? Amen. And so we're going to pray for our country on Thursday. So remember, Wednesday night here in the sanctuary, 6.30, and then Thursday prayer, if you can make it. We did it over lunch hour in case you want to leave uh, for lunch and be able to come uh, pray with us from 11 a.m. Uh, to 1 p.m. this coming Thursday. Uh, I think that was it. Is that the only announcements we had? I think that was the two major ones. Okay, I just want to pray over our offering this morning as we close. Thank you, worship team, for getting sore fingers and cramped hands <laughs> as you played along be- behind us. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a giver of good things. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over every gift, every giver this morning. That we would put our full trust in you. Our full trust in you in every area of our life. And we submit those to you. We submit our finances to you, our relationships to you. We submit that to you this morning. And Father, as we go about this week, as we prepare for Mother's Day next Sunday and all the things that are in store. Lord, that that we would hear your still, small voice. That our ears would be attuned to what you have to say to us. That we would take a moment each day or several moments each day just to stop and to pause and to hear your voice. And we thank you for it in your precious name. Amen Amen. and amen. There are some prayer teams that are going to come up front here as you are dismissed. If you've never been saved, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, they can pray with you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about that, I'll be up here as well. You can come up here and see me. I will talk with you. I will pray with you. I will give you a resource of what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because it is the access to power that every Christian has, and we don't want you to leave here this morning without getting a hold of that access to the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So prayer teams come forward. The rest of you are dismissed. Have a wonderful day and try to stay dry.